Hi everyone, this is Matt, the producer of the Investor Mindset Podcast, and this week we've got another amazing episode in the Best Of series. We're looking back at the interview that we had with Brandon Turner from the Bigger Pockets Podcast. This is an amazing episode if you're looking to get started or you want to improve your game. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Now is one of the greatest times in history to be investing in multifamily real estate with hundreds of millions of dollars literally moving from the stock market into alternative assets like real estate every single day. We're in the midst of a golden era. And one of the keys to success is learning how to avoid those upcoming pitfalls and mastering the process of how to scale as an operator in the multifamily business. Regardless, if you're just getting started, if you've been in the game for decades, you've got to join us for this very special training put on by the Multifamily MBA on how to scale from zero to 2,400 units, the three biggest secrets from building a $320 million multifamily portfolio. Register to join us at the InvestorMindset.com slash MFMBA. That's the InvestorMindset.com slash MFMBA. Look forward to seeing you there. If you happen to be on that that other side, kind of where you were a few years ago and you were having some of those conversations and you don't feel like money's abundant because you're not sitting on, yep. you know, more money than you can than yeah, you can handle. Stupid, you're not stupid rich. <laughs> you're not stupid rich. So how do you stay in that right state of mind? And what would you recommend to, you know, people who are just getting started and thinking to themselves, I'm talking to millionaires, but I'm not quite there. Yeah, that's a really good question. Well, you know, like a lot of it comes down to, it's not about you. It's about your team. It's about the people around you. And it's about the deal. If you didn't have a lot of, like, if you don't have a ton of experience or a ton of money, you're not dumping a lot of your cash into it, then you're going to have to push harder on the deal aspect on why the deal makes sense. And you're gonna have to do some more homework. Like, to be honest, like I, I get to cheat a little bit. Like, I'll be honest, I get to cheat in that. Like, I don't actually have to do the level of work that I probably do or the level of work that a lot of people listening are going to have to do to raise money because I've got 125,000 people on my Instagram. Right. So I just put out a note on Instagram. Hey guys, raising money. And people are like, I'll give you money. And like, I bet you 80% of my investors never open the PPM. They never open the paperwork to actually see what deals I'm investing in. And that, that's because they trust me. That's the power of trust, right? So if you don't have that yet, if you don't have the money, the credibility, the wealth, you're not that confident yet, you're going to have to go overboard or at least do a really thorough job of the marketing material around the deal itself. Show them why, they, why the deal makes sense. Show them why the team makes sense. Show them why you have all the pieces put together and why you are on top of it, why you have all your ducks in a row. You know, here, like, like, I think people underestimate the importance of like a really nicely designed, like uh, executive summary when you're putting together a deal and a really nice looking website and all this stuff like that. When you're talking like duplex and triplex and fiveplex, or whatever, like that in the smaller deals, like, you know, people spend too much time designing business cards. When you're talking hundred unit and 200 unit syndication, people spend way too little time designing their business cards and designing their, you know, like the, that kind of stuff. So presentation matters a lot because presentation is a outward display of your inward uh, mm. capabilities. 
So if you have a disheveled look to you, they're going to assume that your business is disheveled. If you have an ugly website, they're going to assume your business is ugly uh, in the way that it operates. So you have to compensate in that, in that way. Yeah. Making sure that you're presenting yourself the way that you want that deal to feel to that investor who's going to be trusting you with their money. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, this has been amazing. This has been really great. I really appreciate you sharing with the audience. I know there's some huge takeaways here. I hope to all of you listeners out there that you guys are ready to take some action and that you're ready to follow up and, uh, you know, put some of this into practice, kind of closing out this conversation on raising capital. What would you want to leave the audience with if there's somebody who's just getting started raising capital or maybe somebody wants to take it to the next level? Yeah, uh, a couple things. Number one, have a strong vision for where you want to be. So what I did is I actually put together like this, like I called the vivid vision. It's from a book called Vivid Vision by Cameron Harold. And I said, I'm going to own $50 million. It's not just like a, a mission statement. It's not, I own $50 million of real estate. It is like mine. I wish I could show you, but my camera is the wrong way. But it's like, probably 2000 words long. It's a newspaper article I wrote about my company in the future. So I said, open our capital is an investment firm on like any you've ever seen rather than blah, blah, blah. And it's like an actual like outline. It goes through like how many units we have, how much money we've raised, who's all on the team, like what roles are all involved. So we have a very clear picture of exactly where we're headed. So now I know I can work backwards from the vision to line up the team. So that's how I knew I needed an investor relations person. I needed this, I needed this, I needed this. And how I was able to build a team around that. So I would just start with a really strong vision. And I think a lot of people lack that. They just kind of get into it and they're like, well, I'll figure it out as I go. Because uh, at the end of the day, as uh, the book Traction says this quote, I love it. it. It is more important that you decide than what you decide. So like I said, I chose mobile home parks. That's great. You could choose apartments. You could choose low income housing. You could choose, you know, senior housing. You could do vacation rentals. I don't care. Doesn't matter. I can find a millionaire in any one of those niches. I can find somebody super successful, raising money, whatever. Doesn't matter. What matters is that you pick something and that you become the expert at it and you go all in with all your heart, soul, and mind into that, uh, into that niche. I love it. I love it. Well, this is beautiful. Well, we've made it to the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but your answers definitely don't need to be. So tell me, Brandon, how would you define success and what is success to you? Success. Uh, when I was writing the, okay, I'll say this. When I was writing the, it doesn't sound super cocky, but I'm going to say anyway, cause I'm proud of myself. <laughs> when I was writing the book on rental property investing, I, there's a line in there that said, I'm not a millionaire. I don't drive a Tesla and I don't live in paradise, but I still do blah, blah, blah. Today I drive a Tesla, live in Hawaii and I'm a millionaire. And it was just like, I was like, oh, so success is the, your vision becoming a reality. Like, and I, I didn't even remember that was in the book, but it's, it's when you have a vision and that becomes your reality and you, you, those two align that's success. And that could be, Hey, my vision is to have a six pack when that aligns and you're saying, Hey, I did what I said I was going to do. That's success. If I want to be a good father, which I do, what does that look like? What's my vision for being a good father? And then am I living up to it? Am I doing it? That makes me successful. So yeah, the success is when your vision aligns with the reality. That's, that's incredible. And do you feel, do you feel like, uh, with that vision, do you feel successful? Uh, I am not successful yet in the mobile home park space because I don't own $50 million of real estate. I don't have a thousand pads yet. I think I'll be there by the end of this year and then I'll say, yes, I'm successful. However, anybody who's successful just immediately goes out and creates a, bi a bigger goal. Mm. So like even in writing, right? My, my original goal was to write a book. I wrote a book. 
And so I felt successful for about five minutes. And then I said, well, you know, I really want to book in Barnes and Noble. That would be cool. That's success, right? And then a year later, I had a book in Barnes and Noble. I was like, oh, that's success, but not anymore. That's not successful. New York Times bestselling author is successful, right? So uh, I think success is, it's a moving target. You'll never achieve it. Mm -hmm. You celebrate it for a few minutes, you move on. So no, I'm not successful really in any area of my life whatsoever right now. (laughs) Just keep on moving that, uh, moving that goalpost. Yeah, that's what it is. What are some of the keystone habits, the things you do on a daily or weekly basis that have led to some of that success? Yeah. So I am a, such a big, like believer in, in intention living, like intentionally, like living your life. And I do that through ha- like a lot of it is through your habits. What do you do every single day? Uh, you know, nobody got super in shape and became a bodybuilder going to the gym once a month. It's an everyday thing for them. So I find, I put in certain habits in my day that I just don't deviate from. For example, every single morning I wake up at 5.55 a.m. Just that's what I do every single day. It's very rare that I break that. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. It's very common I break that, but usually it's earlier because I have a, a five-month-old baby who wakes up at five every morning or four or three or two. And so, but I, I wake up at the same time, latest is 5.55 every single day. I have a journal, like I actually made it for bigger pockets. It was my own personal like success journal I built and designed. And then I brought it to BP. Now we sell it. It's called the intention journal. But in there, there's a spot for habit tracking. So first of all, I, every week I have like a weekly battle plan session, which I call it. So every Sunday night I plan my week. What are my three big goals? What are my, for the quarter? What are my three big goals for the quarter? What are my objectives this week? When am I going to work on it? What's my process look like. Then every day I do the same thing. Every morning I rewrite down my three goals. What am I going to do this week? And then what is my today task? What do I have to do today to move this goal forward? And then I track my habits. So things like every morning, I actually track every single day. I put a check mark if I did it or not. Did I wake up by 5.55 AM? Did I drink a full glass of water when I first woke up? up? Did I work out? First of all, do do I get some five minutes of exercise in the morning? And then do I work out later in the day? So, uh, do I read a little bit in a book? Do I, do I write the number of words? I write 2000 words a day for my new book that I'm writing. All those things are habits that I track very deliberately. Uh, if you're brand new to real estate, I'd add to your list. Do you analyze one deal a day? If you analyze one deal every single day, that's 365 deals a year from now. Like you're going to be like such a rock star at that thing, whatever it is you're analyzing, you want to buy apartments, you want to buy senior housing, I don't care. Like if you analyze 300 senior housing, you'd be like one of the best senior housing deal underwriters in the history of senior housing. Uh, Imagine what that valuable skill can bring you in life. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.